Take your Bible, if you would, and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. And I want to just begin by looking at a single verse with you, but 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7. And I want to encourage you to read this scripture with me, if you would, please. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Have you found it? Let's read it together. The Word of God says this. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Let's do that one more time. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 7. Her name was Helen Rosevere. She was a missionary to Africa, and she told the story of a great need that she faced as she was serving the Lord there on the mission field. A mother had died in the labor ward, leaving Helen with a tiny premature baby and a crying two-year-old daughter. They had great difficulty keeping this little baby alive, and they had no incubator. They had no electricity to run an incubator. They had no special feeding facilities for this little baby. And a student midwife went for the box that they had for such babies, another one to stoke up a fire and fill a hot water bottle. Well, she came back shortly in distress to tell Helen that their last hot water bottle had burst. It's a serious problem because there was nowhere to get a replacement. They had to do everything they possibly could to keep this baby warm. Helen went to have prayer with the children of the orphanage. She explained the need that they had. She asked the children of this orphanage to pray with her uh, that they could somehow get a hot water bottle to keep this baby warm so the baby would not die. One of the little girls in this orphanage, his name was Ruth. And she began to pray and she said, please God, send a water bottle. And God, it'll be no good tomorrow. So God, we need you to send it this afternoon. Helen said that as Ruth prayed her prayer, she literally gasped inwardly. But then Ruth continued on with her prayer. And she said, please God, and while you're at it, would you please send a doll for the little girl so she will know that you really love her? Helen said that this little girl's amazing prayer of faith made her pause and made her consider the fact that while she believed that God could do anything, the only way that God could answer this particular prayer for a hot water bottle and a baby doll would be to send a parcel from America. And she said that in four years, she had never received a single parcel from America. Not a single one. And she said, besides that, she said, why would anyone put in a hot water bottle? Or especially a baby doll. Well, later that afternoon, Helen received word that there was a vehicle at her home. When she arrived, the car was gone, but on the veranda of the house, there was a 22-pound parcel. The children quickly gathered around the box and they, they were excitedly helping open the box, as you can imagine, digging out the, the stuffing that was there on the top to find out what was in it. And first came out some beautiful clothing for children. Then as she reached her hand and again, Helen literally could not believe it, out came a brand new hot water bottle. Helen said that while she'd asked God to send it, she had not truly believed that he would. Ruth was in the front row of the children there, and she rushed forward, crying out again with great faith. If God sent the bottle, he must have sent the doll too. 
rummaging down to the bottom of the box, Ruth pulled out a small, beautifully dressed doll. Her eyes just lit up. She had never doubted. The parcel had been on the way from America for five months, packed by Helen's former Sunday school class, whose leader had heard and obeyed God's prompting to send a hot water bottle, and one of the girls had put in a little doll for an African child five months earlier in answer to the believing prayer of a 10-year-old little girl who just believed in the omnipotent power of God and prayed believing that God would bless them with a doll that afternoon. What faith? Great faith. Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said, For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to a yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. God calls us today to have faith in him. And not just faith, God calls us to have great faith. Great faith because we have a great God. So I have a question, what is faith? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. Did you know an African impala can jump to a height of over 10 feet? Did you know that an African impala can cover a distance of greater than 30 feet? But did you know that an African impala can be kept in an enclosure in any zoo with a three-foot wall? You say, well, why is that? The African impala will not jump if they cannot see where their feet will fall. They will not jump if they cannot see where their feet will land. Faith is the ability to trust what we cannot see. And with faith, we are freed from the flimsy enclosures of life that only fear allows to entrap us. In other words, we cannot physically see God, but we trust God anyway. Webster put it this way, faith is a firm belief in the veracity of God. Faith is a firm belief in all the declarations of God's word or a full and affectionate confidence in the certainty of those things which God has declared because God has declared them. In other words, we fully trust God. We fully believe God. We have absolute confidence in what God says. No matter what, we trust him. You say, well, why is faith so important? Well, let me start here. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You cannot, I cannot, please God outside of faith. Why is faith so important? Well, we're saved by faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I can't help but think about the Philippian jailer in Acts chapter 16. There they were singing praises at midnight. God sends this earthquake. The, the jail is just torn apart. There they are. The jailer's getting ready to take his own life. But he calls out to Paul and Silas and says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? What a great question. A question asked by countless people across the world today. How can I have forgiveness of sins? How can I have access to heaven? Well, the answer came ringing through the night 
And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. John chapter 3, And Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We are saved by faith. You say, well, we're here in Bible college. Well, I was in Bible college for four years. I taught in Bible college for four years before I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I grew up in a Christian home. Had an unbelievably great mom and dad who loved God, who loved the Word of God, who taught us the Word of God. I was in church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Graduated from a Christian high school. I went to a Christian college. But it wasn't until I was 25 years old that I truly got saved. And I remember getting to the place in my life where I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was sick and tired of who I was. I was sick and tired of where I was headed in my life. And I've prayed a prayer a number of times. I've been baptized four times in our baptistry. But on May 13, 1990, I prayed and I just said, God, I, I need you to change my life. I was a train wreck. I was a dumpster fire. I remember very clearly my wife saying to me one day, she said, Tim, I need to go home for a while. But God saved me. And we're saved by faith. The word of God says we're justified by faith. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What does justify mean? It's a word we often use and we hear it in songs, we sing it. To pardon and clear from guilt. To absolve or acquit from guilt and merited punishment. To accept as righteous on account of the merits of the Savior or by the application of Christ's atonement to the offender. Don't, don't miss that. Justify means to pardon and clear from guilt. To absolve or acquit from guilt and merited punishment. In other words, we're forgiven. How does this happen? How does justification take place when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior? We're justified by faith. We're sanctified by faith. Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. What does sanctify mean? It means to cleanse. It means to purify. It means to make holy, to separate, to set apart, to appoint to a holy, sacred, or religious use. When I was a kid, we had special china in our house. We had crystal glasses and we had real silverware that we used only when company came over. If it wasn't company, we used paper plates. But when we had company come over, we pull out that, that china, we pull out those, those glasses, we pull out that silverware and we would use that. And I, I began to think about that. I thought, you know, we didn't give our dog her food on those plates. Amazingly, we had rabbits until our dog found them. And we didn't give our rabbits those glasses to drink out of. We didn't use that silverware to dig holes in the ground to plant a tree. These items were set apart for a special purpose. To be used when company came over. And when God saved you, he sanctified us or set us apart for his use. What know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? which you have of God. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. 
This happens when we're sanctified by faith. But West Coast Baptist College, here you are in the beginning of this new semester. You left your home, you left your job, and you're back here by faith. Let me just encourage you to remember, we live by faith. Romans 1.17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith that is written, the just shall live by faith. I, I walk early in the morning, every morning. And there's a man that I see most mornings that walks the same time I walk, and I, I pass him, we go different directions, and he walks on the curb. And I watched this guy walk on the curb, and I, I asked him one day, I said, you know, why, why do you walk on the curb? He said, well, I'm working on keeping my balance. I said, well, that's an interesting thing. And I thought about there are times in life when we feel like that, don't we? We feel like we're out of balance. We feel like we're maybe losing our way. We feel like we're, we're going to misstep. We're not confident that we can keep our footing. We're concerned that we can sustain our balance. We're, we're not sure that we can keep from falling. We're not positive we can keep from injuring ourselves or we can keep from hurting God or hurting someone else. We need to remember that we live by faith. And absolutely everything we do, purposing to live by faith. You're here in school. Let's take this semester by faith. A man told the story of coming across George Mueller, the great man of faith. They were on a steamship headed from Quebec to Liverpool in June of 1880. The man's words said this. He said, I met Mr. Mueller in the express office the morning of sailing about a half an hour before the tender was to take the passengers to the ship. He asked of the agent if a deck chair had arrived for him from New York. He said he was answered no and told it could not possibly come in time for the steamer. I had with me a chair I had just purchased, and I told Mr. Mueller of the place nearby where I had obtained that chair, and I suggested to him, as we only had a few moments before we left, that he better buy one as soon as possible. His reply was, no, my brother. Our Heavenly Father will send the chair from New York. It's the one that's used by Mrs. Mueller, the one we used when we came over, and we left it in New York when we landed. I wrote 10 days ago to a brother who promised it to see that chair forwarded here last week. He has not been as prompt as I had desired, but I am sure that our Heavenly Father will send that chair. Mrs. Mueller's sick upon the sea. She wants to have that chair and not finding it here. We made special prayer to our Heavenly Father that he would provide it for us and we will trust him to do so. He said, as the dear man of God went peaceably about going on the ship, the tender running the risk of Mrs. Mueller making the voyage without any chair when for a few dollars she could have had a chair. He said, I confess, I feared that Mr. Mueller was carrying his faith a little bit too far. I was kept at the office for a few minutes after Mr. Mueller left, he wrote, but just as I started to the wharf, a team drove up the street. On top of the load was just arriving from New York, Mr. Mueller's chair. I took it to Mr. Mueller and brought it to him and handed him the chair. Mr. Mueller took it with a pleased, happy expression of a child. He removed his hat and just thanked his heavenly father for sending his chair. And everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 
call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. And this is the confidence that we have in him and that we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And we know that he hears whatsoever we ask. We know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Trusting God by faith. Did God lead you here? Are you here because God led you to West Coast Baptist College? He knows your name. He knows the address. He knows your phone number. He knows your box number. And he wants you and he wants me to trust him by faith. Why faith? We stand by faith. Romans eleven twenty. 20, now because of unbelief they are broken off, thou standest by faith. 2 Corinthians 1, 24, not that for we have dominion over your faith, but we are helpers of your joy, for by faith ye stand. There's a young girl unaccustomed to traveling. She was taking a train ride through the country, and it happened that through the course of the day, her train had to cross a number of branches of a river and several wide streams. As she saw the water in advance, it just awakened doubts and it awakened fears in this young lady. She just couldn't see how that, the river and those streams could be safely crossed in that train. But as they drew near the river, a bridge appeared and furnished a way over that river. And two or three times the bridge would be there right at the moment when they needed to cross over that river. And finally, she leaned back in her chair and with a deep sigh, she breathed a sigh of relief and confidence. And she said, somebody has put bridges for us all the way. That's life, isn't it? We fear so many evils. We see so many troubles that look dark and they look ominous. So many difficulties seem so insurmountable as they, they loom in front of us so threateningly. But as we advance, we find that God has made a way. Through the darkness of night, God makes a way. God has built bridges for us all the way. He wants you and he wants me to trust him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. My friends, he is fully trustworthy. And he wants you and he wants me to trust him and he wants us to trust him and that is faith. Could I remind you of access by faith? Romans chapter five, verse two, by whom also we have access by faith. Hebrews 4, 16, let us therefore come boldly in the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can approach God's throne of grace by faith. Faith in our great God. Faith in our almighty, omnipotent God. He wants us to come to him by faith. And God does hear and answer prayer. 
casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. We must believe that he is, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's your heavenly father. He's your heavenly father. And he wants you to come to him by faith. Remember, without faith, it is impossible to please him. As you work your way through Hebrews chapter 11, you find the names of many of the named and unnamed legends in the word of God. What is it about these people? Some of them named like Abel and Enoch and Noah and Sarah and Abraham and Jacob, Moses and Rahab, Gideon, Samson, Samuel. What, what is it about these people? What is it about the unnamed host who please God in a special way? I'll tell you what it is. It was their faith. In 1955, a group of pioneering Christians in the west part of the San Fernando Valley here in Los Angeles felt led of God, led by an auto mechanic, led of God to start a church in the west San Fernando Valley. They started this church and they began to think to themselves, well, what should we call this church? We want it to be a Baptist church. And they couldn't get away from 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And I know in our hearts we think to ourselves, you know what, I, I kind of want to walk by sight. I kind of want to see the way in front of me. I, I kind of want to see how everything's going to work out. I, I kind of want to see how everything is going to make sense. How many times have we gotten ourselves in trouble doing that? Trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not into that understanding. In all that ways, acknowledge Him. Trust the Lord with all your heart. How much is all? It's all. Lean not into an understanding. That's something I have done too often where I've found myself getting myself in trouble too many times trying to figure it out on my own. Well, the way I've got it figured out, the way, I, the way I see it, and God says that's exactly the opposite of what you're supposed to do. All the ways acknowledge him, God, I just want to do what you want me to do. God, I want to follow you. I pray often, God, please give me the wisdom to know exactly what you want me to do and God, the courage to step out of the boat and do it. And he shall direct thy paths. For we walk by faith. Not by sight. We walk by faith. Not by sight. And may we purpose today in the year 2022 to say, I am going to live this year by faith. I want to keep my eyes on Jesus Christ. Wherefore, seeing we all circumstanced about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the rate that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down to the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Where is our focus today? It needs to be on Jesus Christ. Well, Pastor Tim, this, this idea of living a faith by faith, that, that sounds nice. But it's 2022. I mean, where have you been these last two years? 
We are in California, after all. You know, life can be so uncertain. Life can be so discouraging. Life can be so, so difficult. But we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith in God makes great optimists. In Burma, missionary Adoniram Judson was lying in a foul jail cell with 32 pounds of chains on his ankles, his feet bound to a bamboo pole. Someone walked up to him one day and said, Dr. Judson, what about the prospects of the conversion of the heathen? What do you have to say about that now? He asked with a sneer on his face. His instant reply was, the prospects are just as bright as the promises of God. Titus 1-2, God cannot lie. Hebrews 6-18, it's impossible for God to lie. Have faith in God. Mark eleven twenty two. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Second Corinthians chapter five verse seven. Simply trusting every day, trusting through a stormy way, even when my faith is small. Trusting Jesus, that is all. Trusting as the moments fly. Trusting as the days go by. Trusting Him, whatever befall. Trusting Jesus, that is all. That is living life by faith. Captain Johnson was serving as a chaplain on an island in the South Pacific during World War II. He prepared to go on, an on, you know, on a bombing raid on an enemy-occupied island several hundred miles away. The mission was a complete success. But on the homeward course, the plane began to lose altitude. The engines faded out. They made a safe landing on a strange island. It was learned later that the enemy was just one half mile away in each direction, yet their landing had somehow gone undetected. The staff sergeant came to the chaplain. He said, Chaplain, you've been telling us for months that we need to pray. And Chaplain, you've been telling us for months that we need to believe God. And Chaplain, you've been telling us that God answers prayer in time of trouble. Well, Chaplain, we're in trouble. We're out of gas. Our base is several hundred miles away. We're surrounded by the enemy. And Chaplain Johnson began to pray, God, please do a miracle. Night came, and the chaplain began to continue to pray, God, please, God, do a miracle. About two in the morning, the sergeant was walking along the water's edge, and he discovered a metal float that had drifted up to the beach. A metal float holding containers of fuel. The fuel they so desperately needed. In a few hours, because of the fuel they discovered, the crew reached their home base safely, and an investigation revealed the fact that a skipper of a United States tanker finding a ship in sub-infested waters had his gasoline cargo set adrift so he could minimize the danger in case of a torpedo attack. Barrels are placed on barges and put adrift 600 miles from where Johnson and the plane crew are forced down. What's the explanation? But God. God navigated those barges through the wind and current, and God beached that barge 50 steps from the stranded men. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God led you to West Coast Baptist College. This is a faith journey. 
Don't dig up and doubt what you planted in faith. And tonight you might look at your life, or this morning you might look at your life and you might look at a need and this tremendous need that you're facing. I want to ask you, what need is it that you need met in your life this morning? What miracle is it that you're praying for? What burden is it that you're carrying that you so desperately need God to help you with? What family member or loved one is it that they really need to be saved? What family member or loved one is it that really needs to come back to God? You look at your school bill, you look at some other area of your life and you think it just looks impossible. I would remind you that with God, nothing shall be impossible. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. I would remind you in Luke 18, 27, the word of God says, and he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. How many times in the pages of the word of God do we find the people of God facing an incredibly impossible situation? A Red Sea situation where there's just no way. The Red Sea's in front. The armies of the Egyptians are in back. You look at the situation, it's impossible. And time and time again, you got to look it up. You read two words that change everything. But God. In our lives today, we might say, you know what? I've got this impossible situation. I've got this incredibly difficult situation I'm facing, this problem that I'm dealing with. And we look at it and we think, it's just impossible. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. God can. God always can. And God wants you and God wants me to purpose to live our lives by faith. You say, I'm not really facing a trial right now. Well, the trials are coming. You think of Daniel, taken from his home, taken from his country, faced with all kinds of trials. What do we do? Well, Daniel 1 8 says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And I believe today, this January Friday of 2022, I believe in every one of us to say, God, with your help, I'm going to live my life by faith. But we walk by faith, not by sight. I care not today what tomorrow may bring. If shadow or shun, sunshine or rain, the Lord I know, the Lord I know, the Lord I know. The Lord is my shepherd. Lord, I know ruleth over everything. And all of my worry is vain. I'm living by faith in Jesus above. I'm trusting, confiding in his great love. From all harm safe in his sheltering arms. There's no better place to be. Jesus Christ said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. No, no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. We are safe in his everlasting sheltering arms. I'm living by faith. And I feel no alarm.
could I ask you? Would you purpose today to say, God, with your help, I'm going to walk by faith, not by sight. That prayer request that maybe you gave up on, would you bring it back to God today? Say, God, I'm asking you. I know you can. I'm asking that you will.